Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And today I am joined by Chris Sean of the Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, available across streaming platforms. And we talk about all kinds of shit. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and it was recorded on the Saturday before the Super Bowl, so it's not exactly Super Bowl Sunday, but it was kind of in the context. And we were talking about, well, it started off as well, kind of how sports are bullshit, at least televised sports and the way that they're marketed to consumers and uh, sports fans. Then we talk about some Marjorie Taylor Greene. If you're not familiar with Marjorie Taylor Greene, she is a member of the United States House of Representatives out of Georgia. And she has in the past said some crazy shit. Now, when we recorded this podcast, I hadn't done a totally super duper crazy deep dive into Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I can tell you that just by going through her Wikipedia, you can see how tied up she got into things like CrossFit, and then how she got tied up into Q, and you realize some people are just fucking gullible. And Marjorie Taylor Greene might be a human being that is gullible, who was able to talk to other gullible people about things they might be able to do with their vote in the great state of Georgia. Anywho, she is a representative out of the great state of Georgia, and she has recently come under fire for some of the things that she has said in the past as a kind of broadcaster in this crazy internet world that we work on. We're in. It's not an actual place. So we kind of work on it and work in it, but we work in neither of those places. Anyway, Sean and I talk about her, and we have the discussions that maybe we think we should be having because as we are both content providers in this sort of truther environment, there are things that maybe we should discuss amongst each other that maybe you might want to hear a little bit about because we all kind of pedal in the crazy shit and she decided to pedal in the crazy shit all the way to Washington, which may or may not be a good idea if you are someone who is into the peddling of crazy shit. That being said, it's just one of the things that we talk about. All right. And my good friend Sean is able to break down and dissect some of the things that I am not familiar with. And we get there. We, we have our discussions. We say our words and we discuss the recreational, the legal recreational cannabis market in both of our respective states. Sean is from Michigan and I live in Alaska. So you are going to check out part one of my podcast with Sean Chris of Kill the Mockingbirds. Part two will be coming very, very soon. The video for part one is already available on YouTube. Just go to the Woke and Baked YouTube page and you'll find it. I will include the links in the description. All right, now at the very end of the podcast, I will be plugging some stuff. And that stuff I will be plugging, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, Iron Asylum, The Gym in Alaska, and Red Run Cannabis Company, the makers of Hashade. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is Mr. Kill the Mockingbirds himself, Chris Sean. I hit the record button when we started talking about good old Uncle Ted. Now, who is good old Uncle Ted? Well, watch the YouTube video and you'll figure it out for yourself. Or you can just pay attention to the conversation. I'm sure you'll catch on very, very quickly. 
right, folks, I love you. If no one else tells you today, I love you. You're beautiful, you're wonderful. Keep kicking today's ass. Do not let it kick yours. And ladies, gents, it's Chris Sean. You know, like that was their only gig at the time was to make sure that he was safe and that uh, they were responsible for him. I, you know, I, I don't know if you have kids. I've got kids. And you, you're responsible yeah, for them. I have one. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got to – your job is to protect them. And this adult's job, and I believe it was Harvard, was to protect this child. And, and what they subjected him to created uh, one of the prolific mass murders of our time, uh, a genius with no question about it. And, and I don't agree with his methods, but uh, every just about everything that he said was going to happen has kind of been happening. And and oh, for sure. So, <laughs> but if he but he if he'd have pack, uh, chosen a path of love rather than a path of extreme violence, if he'd have chosen to to have a smile rather than to hurt people, um, we might be living in a very very different world. For sure. I like to look at it like, uh, and plus, of course, because, you know, I'm a human being, so I want to make myself the center of the, <laughs> of every story. But I like to look at things like this, like every person can make a difference. So I always look at it like if I was there, I could have changed it. And what meaning by that, but replace me with somebody else, though, you know, like one person could have just interacted with them and be like, man, fuck that bullshit, whatever, and get them on. But if we don't get that, like, uh good like surrounding uh cast you know what i mean if you have no one else to turn to in your surrounding cast is kind of like ah kind of writes you off i think it's tough i think and and on top of like you said getting like brainwashed as like a kid like i think that like kind of is, is is rough to get through but yeah he was super intelligent man like i think even more i think yeah he would have been up with like the uh uh the apples and uh the teslas of like well to me like tesla's not Tesla's overrated. He's not super intelligent. He just has a lot of money. He, he is intelligent. and He makes smart decisions because even people think he invented the Tesla car. I'm like, no, he didn't. He bought that. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he hired bought that from really smart and, people. Like, they were struggling. <laughs> smart people. Yeah, which is a good, that, which is a great skill. Yeah, that is a fucking talent. Uh, by the way, what are you smoking, my friend? Oh uh, man, I think this one was a. Uh... I forgot, man, because I got mixed up. We had to, I get, I just tell them to give me one of this and one of that. <laughs> I got, um, but it's some like indica mix hybrid. Nice. nice. <laughs> then I even brought out the. Uh, let me see if I got the. Brought out the little cup. I was like, ah, oh, let's have a little celebrate that seventeen seventy six. Enjoy your freedom, my friend. Enjoy your freedom. Um. Yeah. Ted Kaczynski's an interesting cat, man. He's he's an interesting cat with with some some very interesting ideas, and some some things were uh, you know like a, a lot of the predictions that he made have come to fruition. But I think that if you're any kind of like real uh, technocrat, then you saw a lot of the writing on the wall for for some of the stuff back in 1991, 1992. You look at movies like The Lawnmower Man, which are using concepts like virtual reality learning. 
um, to make people super duper smart in a very short amount of time. What happens when they jack themselves into the matrix? Well, that's what happens when they jack themselves into the matrix. And you look at it, movies like that as sort of a precursor to, um, to what we're seeing now. Um, what, what is going to be, you know, the next step of that Oculus Rift? What is going to be that, that singularity where you're, you know, uh, your, your physical body is dead, but your, um, but your consciousness lives on in an avatar, uh, in a series of X and O's, and it all works out until the power grid goes off. You're right with the precursors, because I think they have, like, and everything, like, now that you said, like, the early 90s, it made me think a little bit, I'm like, yeah, Demolition Man, you know, you got Judge Dredd, like, all that kind of stuff, and those are just the mainstream ones, like, not to mention uh, flicks like Dark City, you know what I mean, that kind of really uh, flipped everything upside down. When I saw that in the theaters, as a kid, I, was, I walked out, because I was, like, 13, or maybe four, maybe 12, 13, it was around, I know it was around the time Titanic came out, and I was like, fuck this movie, but I didn't get it, you know what I mean, it was just too much, and I went and snuck into a different movie. But then I saw it like when I was older and I was like, oh man, this shit's a fucking total trip. And it's kind of a lot, uh, you, and you, and once you start looking for like a message, like you see it in everything, you start, oh, okay, like I see why they're pushing this narrative of wanting you to think this way about a certain person. And why do you want me to think this way about this person? Cause you're right. We need to analyze everything. People say like, oh, someone did something bad. So we, they have all bad ideas. That's not true. Maybe they snapped, whatever the reason be, because every person's different in their circumstances, but they could have still said some prolific shit, some things that might need some substance. You know what I mean? Something that needs to be evaluated, but they push it down because they're like, oh, he was a terrorist, or you know what I mean? That he's he's this, he's that, but they, they miss the message, and they don't tell the full story on people, I think, and they give you what they want to give you of them. Either praise them as a hero and wipe away their bads, or praise... Uh, paint them as a villain and wipe away all their good and, and we see that we see that throughout time whether it's a, a football player who decides to make a political statement for one reason or another uh that by the way they as americans are 100 percent allowed to make um you know we uh we tend to wipe away if you are a fan of what this uh what this athlete did or what this athlete said then no matter what they did they're great um, and if you're not a fan of what this athlete said or did, well, then, I, I mean, I loved them when they were on my team, but I wish our athletes didn't have political opinions and thoughts and opinions like everyone else. Whether, whether or not, uh, you know, you, you want to get into any of the conspiracy theories about why athletes have taken political stances that they've taken, um, the, the fact of the matter is, is there's, they're still Americans. They're still people. They still have... Uh, rights and, and freedoms and, and privileges to say whatever the fuck it is that they want to say. And you have a freedom to say crazy shit, whether or not it's on the internet. For sure. And and they not only have that right, but like everybody's pushing an agenda to say like, I know we all say like, like you said, conspiratorial, like of course we could look that way on anything, but for sure, like everybody has an agenda. We got to know that. Whether it's a good agenda or it's agenda for all the people, whether it's a personal agenda, you know what I mean? You have these ideologies that were wrapped in so all of us and to say like a basketball player his or uh is in his message is invalid or his opinion is invalid or a construction worker that's just kind of to me saying like any common person your job is not important enough same thing with all the discussions about like what's going on right now is people are like oh you don't have the the knowledge to know that i'm like well they're like would you hear that on youtube i'm like well yeah well did you know that classes have been online for like fucking five years yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like people have been learning online so you're you're mocking people for learning something from a youtube channel and you're insinuating that they're they have no intelligence whatsoever but i'm like that's how people have been learning for like 10 years already man like what are you talking about people actually use it as a tool to like figure out how to do stuff <laughs> Even better, that's being told to you by someone who's $100,000 in debt for a college education they don't use on a daily basis. So the people that are trying to tell you that your methods of learning are, are ignorant or they're stupid, fuck them, all right? Generally speaking, those are people that aren't trying to learn anything because they're sitting where they're at uh, because maybe they're boring. Maybe they don't have any goals. Maybe they don't have any, any ideas of their own. Um, and so you can only be told an idea and understand it if it's being told to you by someone who's being paid uh, by advertisers to tell you that sort of thing. So, like, I don't know what your, your background is before you started doing podcasts, but for myself, I, I was a broadcaster. I did radio. And so I got to see some of the things, and I got to, I got to really understand why things were done. And part of the reason, like when you watch news, when you watch someone like, whether it's Rachel Maddow, whether it's Sean Hannity, whoever the angry person is that's yelling at you in 12-minute increments, they're yelling in 12-minute increments because they're consistently upselling you. In the first commercial break, it's they're selling you like, like a Kia or like a shitty Ford, and then they're selling you a, a, a shitty chain restaurant, and then they're selling you like a heart medication. And then as the clock go, as the clock builds and you get closer to like the the, the 45 minute uh, break, that's when you start seeing that's the nice car, that's like the Mercedes or or the Lexus or the or the jacked up Ford SUV. Then you have like the nicer chain restaurant, and now it's now you have the boner pills. But in the interim, they've sold you like another mid range vehicle, they sold you more shitty food, and they sold you another medication that you're gonna need because the heart medication that they sold you in the 15 minute block is causing you some other fucking memory loss. Now you got memory loss and you got no erection, and now you need the boner pill and the BMW <laughs> in the 45 minute block. And you've gotta get to that restaurant with the $60 steak. You got you got to go to the chain restaurant with the sixty dollars steak uh, in your fucking BMW or your Mercedes or your fucking whatever it is that you're driving there, and you got to take the boner pill because that's the only way you can eat and drive like that. You got to fuck like a rock star too. <laughs> um, I would agree with that. That's kind of like what the whole reason kind of I started the podcast. Uh, I've been doing music since I was sixteen, but I mean I also work like regular ass jobs too. You know what I mean, like. Going back and forth, talking to different, like, you tell me execs, you meet A&Rs, and I can kind of relate on a different level, but you see a lot of the fakeness, a lot of, and you see a lot of the, uh, not just fakeness, because that's too played out, like, orchestrated, that's a better word, it's orchestrated, for you to feel a certain way, and the same thing with music, like, you'll see people, like, just push uh, ideas that they want and they want these certain you to be a certain way they want you to look a certain way and then you'll see even other artists like this I've always been annoyed by it, it but like uh, they like take pictures like say you do a show right like people so it's just tricking people so say you're gonna do a show with Snoop Dogg people are like hey you're gonna do a show with Snoop Dogg people aren't realizing that that person is selling tickets they don't know Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg didn't say like what the they let them think like oh yeah he he picked me out of everybody that raps. He picked me. And you're like, oh, man. You know what I mean? And you just see the fakeness of it. And you'll see them, like, post pictures with them. And people are like, dang, you know Snoop Dogg. Like, man, anybody can take a picture with a celebrity, man. And that kind of annoys me. But I guess it's because 
I'm not like I hate idolizing people. Like I just don't get it. I don't get it, man. I just don't. I'm like I don't know, man. Like I don't idolize anybody. I respect people. I see people that, and I can respect. Like dang, that's a, I, work ethics. How you got there? Like I respect it, but I'm not gonna. I don't idolize it. I don't like. I don't know. I don't bask in it. And I just think people do that too much, and that's what it is in music. That's what a bunch of like we call it circle jerks, you know, even like the local scenes where they're just like, "Oh yeah, you're good. You're good too, bro. Oh yeah, oh like." Dude, there's no criticism, no trying to better each other and become a better artist. But instead of just like t- patting each other on the back and telling you good day, man, like, you know, we did it. It's not like, and I'm not saying that I'm somebody that's above anybody, like, but I think I know Anana and I'm knowledgeable enough. Like, I didn't take certain routes because I was like, eh. And plus, I was kind of fucked up too, you know? <laughs> I would get drunk and stuff. And you know, when you're young and 20 and people are like, yeah, let's just do music, you're like, ah, let's just do music. Get better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, now it's more of a, like, I guess I would have wished I looked at it as a business, but the business side always uh, disturbed me because of that idolization and this fake, like, uh, orchestrated world that everything had to be a certain fit you had to have a look i'm like man i'm just me man i don't know what you mean man i don't know what that means i don't know who else to be i can't be this thing i'm gonna talk shit i'm gonna say things that you don't like and you know what i mean i'm gonna be who i am and i'm not gonna dress a certain way but like it's just i, I that's how i could a little bit relate to that uh scenario i i, I get it uh, i i did music as well uh when i was younger in germany and i saw it uh at that same level where Nobody can really give criticism, and 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 when I say criticism, people have an inability to to give feedback, right? Um, because especially in in a smaller environment, um, because people don't necessarily know what to do to be better, otherwise they'd be doing it. Um, luck, I mean, in Alaska now. There are, this has been a migratory place. So, like, you have uh, musically, you've got guys like Raw Beats, who was down in the lower 48s doing track for tracks for dudes like the Youngbloods, but now he's back up here. You have, you have folks from down south who've come up here, and then other folks who've just um, brought talent up to kind of help show us the ropes musically, um, just because we're, we're, we're very secluded. But but going back to what you say about positive and negative feedback, people just don't know, a lot of it don't know how to give criticism. But on that level of the major labels, you always have someone in the artist's ear saying, you should do this, you should do this, you should wear this. Not necessarily this is why you should wear this, but but if they're telling you why you should wear it and you're wearing it as an artist, I don't, I mean, a t-shirt's a t-shirt maybe, but at the same time, but why was that t-shirt chosen? Why are these particular colorways choose and why are these particular brands favored um and then you start looking into well what do these different color combinations mean um yeah i don't know it's people have a hard time accepting criticism and feedback i guess is what i'm trying to say oh they really do man trust me because like uh i tell people like people ask me they go what do you think like because i could take criticism like dude of course when someone criticizes me at first i'm like fuck that person like you know you're all pissed off but then you kind of think about it and you're like were, were they right was the criticism right and you're like yeah it was i can improve that so then i go back and i work on it but when i try to tell people i always try to go and i try to do it the best way possible i tell them the positive side i'm saying look i think you're good at this this and this but i think you really need to improve on these as soon as you go to the, if you don't just go, man, that was dope, then they're like, they just are pissed or disappointed and sad. And 
heartbroken. And you're like, dude, I'm just trying to give you, I want you to be better. Don't you like, if I had shit on my face and you let me be at the party, I, I'm not going to be happy mad at you. If you say, Hey man, you got something on your face. I'm going to be pissed if you don't tell me anything. <laughs> Cause I, I'm going to walk around a party with shit on my face. If you, if you rap shitty or you're not singing well, or you're hitting a certain note, a certain way, I would want to know. Be like, Hey man, yeah, that performance was great, but man, this one part you kind of, and I'll be like, Oh, good to know. You know what I mean? And you're right. We do have to have that mentality more, though, to be able to take those criticisms. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about what brought us together today, because I think that this is this is very special because it's the weekend. It's Super Bowl weekend. Um, yes, we've sir. Got, we've got uh, we've got the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. We've got a lot of a lot of names. Uh, Tom Brady uh, is respected, called by many the goat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm, that's why I'm wearing the Raiders because, like, you know, he fucked my team over. And hey, is it all right if I cuss? I don't know if that's bad. This or is not the internet. Like, you say whatever. you Okay. Because I went on a couple people's and they're like, "Hey, man, can you tell them the cussing." I'm like, "Oh, my fucking bad." <laughs> dude, we're dude, we're 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 we're, we're yeah, dude. We're <laughs> say whatever you. This is remember what I said about athletes like taking and yeah like, yeah yeah say whatever the fuck you want to say dude this is america bless okay you. for sure yeah that's that's the same how my podcast is i just be like that's isn't that what the whole point of a podcast <laughs> we made but some people do have rules and i guess and i understand some of them because they have fans and some of their fans don't uh prefer without profanity and i get it in some senses but i was like man bro cussing is just part of the <laughs> the lingo well okay so there are different things like um yeah, they can be restreaming. They can be podcasts that are doing something with their local terrestrial radio station. They could have whatever their marketing is. Maybe they have to go back. Maybe they edit that stuff out for because they don't want to say, you know, maybe they do have more kids listening. And I assume that, that there are kids out there that, that listen to me. Um, but at the same time, when I was 17, 18, shit, when I was 12, man, I was listening to Body Count, dude. Like, yeah. There's really not a lot that I, I think you can play for a kid that's listened to NBA Youngboy uh, that would be terribly shocked by anything I might do. Um, yeah, I always tell them that too. You can they can go on Pornhub, man. Like you think you think that's bad? They're listening to this. They're they're what? You should see their other uh, browser history. <laughs> I mean, more than anything, if if the 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 cursing, if like saying the fuck of the shit is what get is what is getting you to that thought. Like that idea that you're really trying to reach to, then all we're doing, right, is we're just navigating a road to get to a destination. And from that destination, all we're doing is going someplace else. If we make it about, if we make getting upset about one or two words, right, that everyone gets to share with everybody, right? We, these are words. They don't, they don't have ownership of them. You don't own them. I don't own them. Why am I going to get upset because of, and get prohibitive uh, that on the interweb? Uh, that I'm not paying bills on, um, you know, that, that everyone is sharing equally. You say whatever you want, man. That's the beautiful thing. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I would just ask, you know, because this is your domain, so always got to be uh, a little bit respectful. I, well, you said I, about the Super Bowl, right? You said we're uh, – uh, Yeah, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Do you got, do you got a predictions or anything? Who do, who do you uh, – you a football guy at first, or are you just kind of – See – no, and and the big part of that is because at this point, uh, the rules in football have been um, so chopped up and bureaucratized that it exists. It exists to sell advertising. If your average thirty-second clip on the inter, uh, during the uh, the Super Bowl 
is a, mi a million dollars. Let's say it's a million dollars, right? And it's probably way more than that, I'm sure, right? Because there are a lot of, mil a lot of people with a million dollars. If Logan Paul wants to spend a million dollars to make fun of Floyd Mayweather for 30 seconds during the Super Bowl, that's <laughs> yeah. the to make at this point. Should he do it? Absolutely. Why not? You only get one ticket. Let's see what happens. Um, but what I'm saying is, is those rules exist so that you can take commercial breaks so that they can sell you that advertising. That's why you're going to see uh, crazy shit. You're going to see crazy flags on the play. You're going to see crazy shit called um, because they're going to need to take that 30-second uh, or one-minute break to review some video because we got bills to pay because they haven't been able to put anyone in the stands like they're used to for over a year now. Okay. Yeah. So you got to recoup your losses. If you're watching the Super Bowl, plan on spending a lot of time in front of the TV, have some good snacks because you're going to be there for a while. But even when it's not, it's four hours of sitting for eight minutes of action. You know, and and for me, like that, there are better ways to spend my my uh, my my weeknights or my my Sunday afternoons. I would agree. I usually wouldn't agree with you, like, but this season I didn't really pay attention. I'm usually pretty. I'm big on college ball and uh, NFL. I uh, like. I'm a Raider fan, and I'm uh, Michigan, and I follow UCLA and stuff like that. But man, I try to watch a couple games this year, and when there was nobody in the stands, like I was like, this is this. Like to me, the the crowd is part is the other part of the game, and like being in the stands, like so, like someone broke down to me. They're like, "How can you like break down conspiracies and talk about propaganda and talk about all this stuff and still watch sports?" And I go, "Well, to me, it's different. Like I I get I go. It's the uh, camaraderie that I have with like friends and family going over and hey, let's go meet up. We're gonna go, you know. And I look at it like that. And this year actually made me really embrace that a lot more. You know what I mean? Because I was in going to the bar and going just getting super faded and like watching the game and having fun i was more spending time with family and i wasn't even paying attention to the games as much because you're right they were way more uh, they were so lackadaisical and just flags and so many ads like you said the games uh were just so sluggish it was boring it was not fun to watch I, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I tried my my in-laws were up uh, at the end of the summer. I there was a, it was weird. There are a couple of things that are that are really fucking me up. See, I'm in, I'm an MMA guy, right? I love mixed martial arts, and so I love the lack of a crowd there. I think that's great. Um, if I were to be a fan of basketball in the modern age or the NFL in the modern age, I want to know what these dudes are saying to each other on the court. You're piping in a fake crowd. I don't give a fuck. All right, I yeah. do not care. Was it um? Wasn't Draymond Green? Who was it that um that smashed uh, LeBron's mom? Oh um um um, Delonte, Delonte West. West. Yeah. So how many times in a game? Because you know, if there's a dude who's learning Japanese so that he can properly talk shit to Kobe Bryant on a court, then you know, you know for a fact. People are saying mad shit about uh, uh, LeBron's mom and Delonte West. That's the shit I want to hear. I want to hear that next level of talking shit. Oh. If I can hear um, if if Max Holloway in the middle of a fight can hear um, can hear the announcer say Max Holloway might be the best boxer in MMA, and Max Holloway can punch a grown man in the face while he's having a conversation with the announcing booth. Fuck the crowd and fuck the fake noises.
Give me, give me what I want or I'm not going to tune in because I have so many more options. Yeah, that's a good point. It's uh, making it more uh, interactive with the fans. When you pump the with when there's fans there, it is it seems more interactive. It feels more interactive. And like you said, if you can't have fans, don't pump the fake noise. Focus on the field. And but they the reason is is that they're they're worried about their branding. They're an old company. And like UFC, for instance, Dana White has a different theory, and he came up at a different time. And he's like, man, my guys are gonna do what they're gonna do. Like, does he have his little like you know, hey, you got to stay in these parameters? Yes, but. Uh, but not he has lets them a lot be more loose than than the NFL. The NFL doesn't let their players be loose at all. They're like on strict regimens. A lot of people, a lot of them can't drive, uh, have motorcycles or own certain type of cars because they're worried about them getting into accidents or getting hurt. So there's a lot into it, and there's a lot of bullshit too that they got to deal with. And sometimes that pisses me off too. Like knowing that players get fined for uh, you know like if their socks are down or something like that, their jerseys are messed up. Like just for having your that messed up, you get fined for that. But what's even worse is that this was a couple years ago. Um, what was his name? I can't remember his name, but he played for the Steelers, uh, uh, D'Angelo Williams, right? So uh, you know how in October they had the whole, like, you know, uh, breast cancer awareness month? His mom died from breast cancer. So he was – after that month, he was like, I'm still going to wear these cleats. Like, it means something to him. He was getting fined every game that he wore those cleats. That's crazy. That's insanity. I'm like, what the <laughs> – <laughs> it, like I can't even fathom how you could think that that's okay. And since, but then once they got backlash, that's when they introduced. I think the next year, the year after that, the oh, the players could wear whatever kind of cleats they want to push whatever organization they want. They do it like once a year, or twice a year now. Like then, then people, the the players have the like custom cleats. So it's just when you do see the bureaucracy behind stuff, sometimes it kind of ru- it can ruin it for you for sure. And I think that's why a lot of the UFC fans like it because it's kind of straightforward. It is what it is. You know if the guy's a piece of shit, he's a piece of shit, but he's a good fighter, he's a good fighter. You know what I mean? If he's a good guy, he's a good guy. It, it really doesn't matter. It all matters in the ring what you versus you, you know what I mean? That's the beauty of, of to me, uh, mixed martial arts is that it's just me and you, man. Nobody's going to save you. Like, obviously, the referee, but you know what I mean? For the most part, it's just me and you and everything I got. It's not like boxing where you have strategy. You have strategy in UFC too, but in boxing, you know, you're dancing around. You're trying to get points. In UFC, you're trying to win, man. Yeah. You're trying to dominate the round. And um, the other thing with, with the, the, the – I like to call them the baby billionaires, right? These conglomerates, these groups of uh, men, uh, generally speaking, that, that own these NFL teams, right? They are – they are the presidents, they are the owners of this little micro-nation, and their soldiers, their little soldiers are going to war against this other army uh, that is owned by this other baby billionaire who hires these generals, right? The, the baby billionaires don't give a fuck, right? Like, generally speaking, about the players. The players are there to do nothing but generate income for them. Everything is built on the backs of, of the players and the coaches. And, and going back to, like, the piping in of the audience, um, it, shit, you could pipe in the coaches. The corners, generally speaking, are more entertaining than whatever's being said in, in the, the ring anyway. And, and if you have fans uh, who are, you know, watching on, on a delay anyway, it's not like, you know, the, the, te- the other team is getting any, any inside access. But, like, those um, – I think that those sorts of things, like taking advantage of the lack of an audience and taking advantage of 
the the fact that fewer people are watching makes it a beautiful thing. Um, and for missing a moment that like where people want to be more intimate with whatever, like, you know what I mean? They want, that's why like, if you're a, a movie star or a, a, a rapper, singer, whatever, you can't just be that. You have to have a podcast. You have to have a blog. You have to be more, they have to know more about you. So you're right. That would be perfect. Hear the coach say some plays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 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 hear them yelling at the players. Hear the, the, the aggressiveness. Like that, that would be cool. Or even like the cool conversations that you say where, where someone's like, <laughs> Last week, fuck, you know what I mean? Or yeah. did you catch this episode of blah, 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 like? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the shit talking on the field is, is part of what makes it. That's why guys that, that, that played the game in high school and college still watch the game now because they know what it's like on the field. But if, if from a fan's perspective, right, it allows you to be a better fan. And now you're telling – now you want people who are stuck at home, who can't leave their house – to remember the good times when they could go back out with their friends. But you got to listen to the man. You can't get together with your friends because otherwise grandma dies. But eventually, grandma's going to die. Um, and, and it may not be from, from a cough. It might be the fact that she's, uh, she's a heavy smoker and uh, she's been eating gummy bears for breakfast every day since she was a little girl. But Quite possibly, but you can't. But you can't go outside, and you can't go and and watch a game with your friends. But we want you to remember what it was like when you could leave the house. Don't be sad. Yeah, feel, you can't go anywhere. It, it really makes. That's what I was telling people that last year. Really, I think like uh, for me personally, like I've I've always like dabbled in conspiracies and and cover ups and uh, you know government things as well as music and just looking into everything, but. I was on, I wasn't on it for a while because I was like, man, people don't care, right? People just don't care. But after like last March, every you know, last February, a year ago, people were kind of being a little bit more open to it, and that's kind of like why I started the podcast because I started it like last May, and I just think that people are like looking for more information, but the information so like uh, marketed, like you're saying, you know what I mean? Everything's marketed. Like whether you're getting your news, your sports, uh, whatever, it's all this marketing scheme. So it's like, it, it sucks when you look at it sometimes, because if you look at it as the schematics of it, it's all about pushing something to you, for you to buy something because we're a, a, a consumer uh, economy. So they're like, Hey, come on, come on guys. Like you said, and not just that, we're also going to not let you, we're going to restrict you from doing things, but it's okay that we do this. That oh, yeah. You can't have 10 people at your house or five people at your house, but not only can we have 53 players on each sideline, not to mention plus about 10 to 15 coaches, not to mention plus about 10 probably to 15 doctors and, and trainers and, you know, like massage people, <laughs> maybe more, plus the officials. Plus, so that's you're, – you're looking – with their families over there, you're looking at a good – three, four, 500 people, and, and they're in these states where they're saying everything's locked down, it's kind of a slap in the face. It, 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 this, it, this elitist attitude came, uh, I danced around that, but what I was trying, my point was like, uh, this elitist attitude has been shown and revealed now in, the, in our country, and I think that's the big, the big problem that is not to be addressed, and it's been for a long time. There's been a class clash for a while, and now it's turning into a war. And I think that that's where a, a lot of people are, are really kind of, they're fucking it up, right? Um, Martin Luther King wasn't assassinated because um, 
because he was speaking up uh, uh, for, for, for black folks, for, for the indigenous people, for, for people of color. He was, he was assassinated when he started making the broader picture of poor people as a whole. Okay, because when you start talking about, well, everyone really is getting fucked, um, and there are elitists of, of all nationalities, of all races, um, of all ethnic groups, and their al almost their sole occupation is to shit on the poor. And it, it happens in India, it's happened in the Middle East, it happens clearly in the United States. It happens everywhere you go. Um, so how do we get people out of um, starting getting out of that position of, of, of that mental uh, that, that mentally being broken right you've I don't want to say you've turned victimhood into a commodity um, but you've you've turned it in you've turned victimhood into um, all, I don't want to say a badge of honor but it's it's we're in a I believe you they, they weaponize it you know it kind of weaponizes it where it's um, used as a tool to get your point across and push a certain agenda when need be. You yeah. know, you can use that as a, a fallback. And to, and you're exactly right, because the same thing happened to Fred Hampton, you know, the leader of the Black Panthers. He was just not assassinated for being the leader of the Black Panthers because they knew he was that for a long time, and they could have done that a long, long time ago. But what when he started talking to other uh, organizations and being like, hmm, hey, guess what, man? It looks like we're in the same situation. I know you don't like me, and I don't like you, but we have the same goal. So th that, that, that communication is once they see that unity, that's when it's like, okay, we need to break things up, and that's why we need to cause chaos. And that's when – I'm not saying there's not racist people. I'm not saying there's not people that will uh, you know, capitalize on those moments for sure, but they're, they're exaggerated, in fact, so that it can look a certain way when the reality is is that people need to know that as a group, the, the, uh, there's an elite class and the rest of us. And that, and we're fighting to pretend like, oh, I got this better car. Like you said, I got the BMW. I, I went to the steakhouse. I got the girl, and I got the boner pill. You know what I mean? I'm good to go. But I got the better that. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's just this competition. There is no competition. It's this feast or famine. I've been talking about this a lot lately. I think that's this feast or famine mentality that where we're just like, oh, you know what, man. There's not enough food. There's not enough land. There's not enough water. There is. There's enough everything. And actually, if we work together, we would accomplish a lot more. And the reason we're fighting is stupid and insignificant because we're fighting over things that are, are irrelevant about religion. Okay, well, do you know? Nobody knows the actual full truth of any religion, so we should just respect whatever anybody believes because nobody actually knows. You could say, oh, I read from the Bible, this and that. No. Okay. Well, you know what you read. Maybe – I always say, like, how can you say Christianity or this is right if – what's the right one? Because if I was born Muslim, right, and my grandpa's Muslim, my grandmother's Muslim, everybody in my family, everybody I looked up to is Muslim, and then someone's going to be like, my religion, bud, and, like, I'm getting to heaven. I'm like, damn, man, what? Like, how – why would that – that would be a sick game for God to play. I think that we as humans have uh, divided each other, and, and it's a lot been played by the elitist class using race, using identity politics and religion and such and so forth to divide people. So what are your thoughts on Marjorie Taylor Greene? Because this is a conversation that I've been interested in having. Are you familiar with her? A little, and I started looking a little bit more once I seen her trending on Twitter, and I was like, I don't uh, – to just start off, I don't agree with her on a lot of things, but uh, what I think was done to her was completely wrong. So uh, for those of you listening or viewing um, 
If you're not familiar with Marjorie Taylor Greene, if you're one of our listeners, I, the cool thing about listening or checking the the where this plays out, like if you're in Russia right now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a member of what I would call our parliament. And uh, she, in a previous occupation, before she was an elected representative, um, her job, like mine, uh, is to occasionally talk about crazy shit they see on the internet. And if your job is to report on crazy shit that you see on the internet, you're going to come across crazy shit on the internet. Whether or not you believe the crazy shit on the internet, your job is to be entertaining and keep people's attention. The same way that if you're an artist, if you are a rapper, perfect example in 2020 was a rapper by the name of Flea Lord. The dude dropped an album a month the entire year, dropped records with Pete Rock, with uh, Buckwild, with everybody. He was consistently putting out new music. If your job is to generate interest based on the internet, you have to consistently put out new material. And sometimes that new material involves repeating crazy shit. The lady that did the pandemic documentary uh, once agreed on video that, it's a, that there is a likelihood that Q is JFK Jr. And if you go down that rabbit hole, that means that his death was faked 22 years ago uh, and that he has secretly been hiding, lying in wait to be exposed as Q. Doesn't necessarily mean that she believed it, but that is an idea that other people who have put far more research into that than I have. If someone talks to me about Jesus or Muhammad or they talk to me about their religious beliefs, I have to assume that they know what they're talking about because I don't. So if you're Marjorie Taylor Greene and your job, it, and you've decided that your job, because this is all, this is, these are jobs that we chose, right? These are occupations. That's why I'm not running for public office because <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and, and I've thought about it and I have thought about it. It's crossed my mind. Uh, it's been asked, would you, would you consider doing this? And I put real thought into it. My, I have more fun saying crazy shit on the internet, talking to, to, to fine folks in Michigan about their ideas and how these things are affecting us because you and I can do more through your community, through my community, not being elected officials, just interacting and being parts of our community. All right, um, I uh, have a very good friend who I met through the radio, and he um, his before he got involved in radio, he was just active in the community. And so he was able to, to show me around and point out, no, this was, when this guy was the mayor, he used to travel around with a photographer. So when you see him doing good stuff, he's not doing good stuff to do good stuff. He's doing it for the photo op. He's doing it to be an Instagram influencer, but he's trying to do it for old people who don't use Instagram. All right. And that's all they're doing. They're the chicks holding up signs at a BLM uh, demonstration. You don't give a fuck. You don't care. You don't, you, you don't give a fuck you're there for the photo. All right, you took your photo and then you went to lunch at P.F. Chang's or wherever the fucking nice chain restaurant you went to afterwards. Um, you know, you, you didn't support anyone in a, in a real meaningful struggle. You took a picture for likes. For sure, and even like even some of the those people you saw videos of uh, people uh, going after you know like riots and stuff and cleaning up like they would want to run out there fucking clean up and run back in their car like you know what I mean they look like they were doing something it's like 
you're right. Like these people are just trying to because we've gotten to that like that idolization has turned over so bad now that people want it. It's a drug. So it, it even sometimes I can find myself like I'm like I'm looking at I'm like why am I looking at how many things that people are watching this? I shouldn't even care. It does shouldn't even matter. But it does get to me every now and then like hmm, how many what does this one get? And then you kind of got to go back and be like oh, well, what does it even matter, right? Because that's not the point of why I wanted to do a podcast. So I you got to bring yourself back, and I think that. A lot of these people aren't surrounded by good people, so they drag them down. As far as Marjorie, I think that her thoughts, from especially that post, for instance, a lot of people brought up that post. I kept hearing people talk about space lasers, and I thought this was hilarious because I, I talked to a bunch of people on Twitter, a bunch of people also on Twitter that I'll call out because they, they talk a lot of shit on Twitter. I'll tell you this, but when I tell them, I go, let's do live, man. Jump on my Instagram live. I'll throw you on my podcast on my uh, RSS feed. Say what you say. And let it be heard for the internet forever. You know what I mean? Where forever, oh, you don't want it forever because you're just, you don't not sure about it. Okay. But um, they're saying space lasers. And I'm like, like it's some, oh, <laughs> this crazy lady. I said, the Pentagon in September made a public statement that said that Russia and China have weaponized their satellites with direct energy weapons, which are lasers. So in turn are space lasers. Which she didn't say either. She didn't say space lasers. She's talked about direct energy weapons in the in the fires. And she was also talking about and, – and in that post, she was kind of like, hmm, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that this company is linked with Rothschild. She was trying to make some connections, which could be – but she didn't make any accusations. She, she was questioning and kind of like making things suspicious. And it kind of just irritates me that these politicians now are pushing – to be like, don't question anything. And now you got people like AOC, who's on her Twitter, sending emails to her fans, telling them to uh, report people that are um, in numbers in droves. Report all these people that are going against uh, me, saying that I, I, I was uh, that I didn't die at the Capitol. She's trying to say she died at the Capitol, and I'm like, you didn't die. We see you. AOC is an interesting lady, um, but more than anything, like with. Um with all of that, going to the, the Marjorie Taylor, like, when did it become a thing that, A, parents were, or kids were reporting their parents, right, um, for being at the Capitol. Um, like, clearly, you don't want to go to Christmas next year. Like, you're, fan, like, <laughs> you know, you're, you have, people need to spend more time with their kids. Um, but that's for likes, too, though, man. That's also for likes and recognition. Well, it's, it's, how many people do you think went to participate in, in riots and were, like, live-streaming their shit? Like, hey, I'm setting a fucking cop car on fire. Yay! Or, hey, I'm breaking into oh, the... Oh, fuck, I see tons of them, man. <laughs> dudes, were, dudes were shooting videos. I was watching all those. With, fucking, ...with the cops, which is also uh, kind of terrifying. But, um, you know, you're, you're in that position. But at the same time, like, if you're a cop and there's, like, 70 of them around you and you've got 30 rounds, like... You can't start blasting, like yeah. You're you're this well, is that that image doesn't look good. A, a cop just unloading on on civilians. But I will say, um, I was a prior Air Force and I was security forces in the Air Force. The woman that uh, was shot by security um, at the Capitol, she was also prior Air Force security forces. She yeah. was law enforcement. She was a cop. She did that for twelve years, which means every year at least once. She did what's called a use of force training, which is they go through when you can shoot, 
uh, un under what circumstances um, you can kill a civilian. Um, you know, and, and they go from green to red. And so she would have done that every year for 12 years. Don't feel bad for her. However, laugh out loud for the lady who was walking around with a Gadsden flag and then got trampled, because that's funny. <laughs> well, that's that, that's a unique perspective. I mean, I guess, you know, that's why I say life is perspective, because obviously I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that that would be something that, that is in, embedded into your brain. But also, but to me, I question it like this. It's just kind of weird because it's like, what? So, so would you say like, would you say that the guy was justified then? Uh, me not knowing maybe the training would he would he have been following his training of what is that what you're saying because i'm not sure 100 percent. she is trying okay. to gain access to a protection level resource that protection level resource is going to be your legislature right honestly there there are some questions that need to be asked why why wasn't the national guard there to begin with you know you have hundreds of thousands of people showing up for a party and they're all angry, all right? And you have and you have And you knew president. about it for over a month. Yes. Yeah, you you had time to prepare for this, all right? I'm sure they got a permit. All right? The president was showing up like you knew this was a thing that was occurring. Um <laughs> So why was yeah, the Secret Service just doesn't let the president just walk around wherever the hell he pleases? <laughs> yeah, um, but you knew there were going to be hundreds of thousands of people there. You knew that Congress was going to be there. You didn't take any steps to um, to protect them beyond what clearly didn't work. But yeah, um, uh, there were because a lot in two thousand seven. Because this is one thing I brought up before too. Sorry to cut you off. Right. Um, in 2007, when a bunch of like uh, veterans were protesting the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan because they were tired of them, they felt they were useless wars. Guess what? They had a presence there. They had uh, everything was cut off. They they didn't. They had cops. They had uh, national guard. Why then? Why have these other protests? Do they have them? And the one time when you know that people are angry, people are stupid. Like I keep telling people, you know, people. Not only was there probably antagonizers, but then you also got to consider there was drunk people. Don't fucking lie to yourself. It's like going to. A, it was probably like going to a tailgate. You know what I mean? Everybody was probably in their fucking yeah. cooking. Yeah, fucking Trump, motherfucker! And they're fucking giving you a burger. You want a beer? Or what? Yeah, man. Shots, baby. Like you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit was definitely happening. Absolutely. You are going to a tailgate knowing your team lost. All right? You're getting fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> and you were supposed to win big time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So here's where it gets really, really interesting, right? So we talk about the Super Bowl. We talk about – let's talk about the inauguration. Okay. So let's talk about some of the names that were involved in the inauguration celebration. Tom Hanks. That dude's not even an American citizen anymore. And we're talking about the, the events of the last year and conspiracy theories gone wild, right? If there is, if you are trying to convince people that you are not the leader of the dark cabal of evil, all right, why would you get the lady that did the child sacrifice seance at the Super Bowl last year, why would you get uh, Lady Gaga with and her ties to uh, Marina Abramovich, uh, why? I mean, like, yeah. If you're into the dark conspiracy shit, right? And this is what got like I around April, like I kind of pulled back a lot on the conspiracy stuff because it was just too fucking much, right? And this is why. 
you start looking at every name that was involved with this inauguration celebration for Joe Biden. If you get into the dark stuff, you're lapping this up like a uh, like a, a fucking dog with a cold bowl of water on a hot day. Like you're you're diving in and you're sucking all of this down because everyone's My been attached to dark shit for the last five years. Any if you've gone down any of the dark like. Alex Jones with the volume for sure, yeah, yeah. Rabbit holes. These are the darkest of the dark. Bill Gates, who, by the way, is not a medical professional, he could not protect Microsoft Office from viruses. That's the guy. <laughs> um, that's the guy leading the charge to inject shit in you. Okay, um, and the last thing that they're saying is take care of yourself. The last thing that they're saying is get out of the house, interact with people, um, get sweaty, work out, uh, shock your uh, shock your immune system, have a good time, and live your life. What they're saying is live in fear, get some shots. It'll make everything okay. In the meantime, uh, don't leave the house. We're gonna we're gonna make it so everything is delivered to your big stupid pile. Whether it's your whether it's your clothes, whether it's your food, whether it's whatever the your groceries. Uh, your Home Depot shit, shit will be delivered to you. You don't have to leave your house. Um, don't interact with anyone because they'll kill you. Because they'll all kill ground. Unless it's online, and you can and you can do and you can interact online, but we have to see who you're talking to and what are you talking about. And maybe we might have to put some disclaimers. And if we have to put a lot of disclaimers, maybe we might have to suspend you. And if we have to suspend you a lot, maybe we might have to just delete you. You know, just I mean, but it's free speech for all though. But my argument about Bill Gates is the same as kind of what you're saying. It's like, okay, you know what's going around right now, whether true or not, right? Whether it's like we could – like I always look at everything like I'm kind of 50-50 on everything because I'm like I could see the possibility of that. And I think there's nothing wrong in speculating on possibility. Now, am I saying it's factual? I mean like in some senses you could see some factual evidence of things that are actually happening. Now, do I know if that's – a uh, uh, total agenda that's actually being embarked by a bunch of people. I don't know, but I do know that rich people do try to fuck over other people just to stay rich. So that's not a like conspiracy. That's actual fact. And um, I think that like we get stuck in these rabbit holes and all this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, man, I lost my thought, man. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I. I I do want to. I, I, this has been fucking me. For oh, oh, that's what I was gonna say. But uh, my, my bad. Uh, why does it? If Bill Gates knows this about all this conspiracy stuff, why doesn't he just step out of the limelight? You choose to go on CNN. You choose to go on MSNBC. You could just shut the fuck up and make your money. You choose to go. It's your ego, maybe. I don't know. But like, I'm like, if you, because you could just vanish and say nothing, people would forget about you because you're not that relevant. But you can do what you want to do, but for some reason he has this like I don't know like I said if it's ego or what, but he's got to be like I got to be on TV. Well, make somebody else be the spokesperson. Maybe that you could change the image. You think you would be smarter? That's the thing I argue. Like if you're gonna take if you're trying to take over the world, you're doing a shitty job at it because marketing should be the key. Like in some senses they are great at marketing when they do with uh, identity politics, but like you can see like hey Bill Gates people don't like him. Let's switch it. They're, they're finally getting the message of Fauci, and they are switching Fauci. You can see there's this new guy. I forgot his name, but you can see he's going to be taking uh, the media role for Fauci pretty soon, and that's what they got to do. It's like, come on, man. Simple strategy, man. Like, even if, like, I'm I, obviously, like, I don't like it as, a, as a, a citizen, but you would think that these people would be smart. If you're going to manipulate us, at least do it the right way. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that one of the things that, uh, by the way, I've got a, I'm opening and closing the window, but it's, this is Alaska, so it's like 20 degrees, so it gets real cold real quick. Oh, yeah, look, I'm with you right now. I'm at 19 today. I think, oh, no, we got to 23, I think, today. Like, the other day, we had a little ice storm and stuff. We're not as bad as you, but every now, because we're in Metro Detroit, but, like, if we go up north in the uh, Upper Peninsula, they get, like, uh, weather like you guys get. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about uh, about your podcast and, uh, well, what made you make the, well, you're still making music. You're still, let's, let's talk a little, let's start with your music, all right? Um... What motivates you to to write, and um, and then how do the two things come together? Uh, um, how do they coincide, the podcast and the music? Um, they kind of accidentally uh, came together because, like, I wasn't really doing anything. I was kind of, like, like not paying attention, you know, getting into relationships, working, uh, taking care of my kids, like, doing that kind of stuff, and just kind of living life. And I would still, like, you know, as far as music-wise, I would still – write a few things, maybe record here and there, but I wasn't really pushing anything in particular. Like, I guess I was probably deflated. You get deflated. It gets, it's such a, a task, you know, and especially when you know you had opportunities that you did squander, you know what I mean? You're like, I had opportunities, but I, I mess it up. Like, so it gets demoralizing, you know? So I was kind of like in a little rut. And then, like I said, I don't know, like I got out of my relationship. And then, like, I started going out, and then this, like, whole coronavirus thing hit, and I was like, well, can't even go out. And then, like, <laughs> I started watching the news, and I started seeing, like, and at that time, like, I hadn't been talking about conspiracies. Like, I still believed what I believed. Like, I say conspiracies, but, like, my, I'm more into the, like, talking about, like, the central intelligence and, like, a lot of the things that are real true that can be proven. They're not, like, I'm not talking, I don't talk a lot about space aliens and stuff like that. So, it coincides. So in, uh, after the COVID stuff, like me and my buddy were talking all the time. And after my breakup with my girlfriend, my last girlfriend in 2019, I started listening to podcasts. I really never paid attention to podcasts. And typical, I jumped on who? Joe Rogan. Of course, you're going to listen to Joe. He's like the gatekeeper of one of the gatekeepers, you know. So I listened to him, and he kind of spiraled me off on a couple other ones. And then I got on a couple other ones. And then I got onto this uh, podcast called No Agenda. And No Agenda just fucking, I don't know, man. They just kind of. And just hearing Joe Rogan always saying, anybody can make a podcast. Anybody can make a podcast. And then listening to No Agenda, it kind of put it together like, yeah, I can. Okay. That kind of lines up with what I, you know what I mean? Like what I would want to do. And I just started trying to talk about like and deciphering and kind of breaking down the propaganda of the news and how it's kind of choreographed and that the left, the right, it's all just this theater. And I think people need to realize that like, we, and I even tell people that are on the far conspiracies, well, I say, I don't care what you believe. You might be right. Like, a lot of people believe Michelle Obama's a man. I do. Personally, I do not. I do not believe that. I've seen a lot of proof. I've done my own research. I'm saying if you, if it is, it, that's just me personally. And people do get upset. Like, they, that's why I think people are too invested and rooted in these things. They get very upset with me. And I go, look, man. They go, I thought you were a conspiracy guy. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, like I'm just, all I'm saying is that I speak my mind. And I see things that are conspiratorial. And some are not even conspiracies anymore because they've been proven to be true. But, yeah, people get mad or, like, lizard people. Like, I'm entertained by all that. Like, I listen to Flat Earthers. Like, people get mad at me, too, because I go, look, man, I understand. Like, I have nothing against anybody. I say there's – I always tell them, too, and I go, don't understand why they get mad at me. I go, I get it. I see the possibility of you being right. You could be because I really don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not, I've never – I don't know if you know this, but I've never been to space. <laughs> but from what I – from the knowledge I know, I just say shadows, man. 
I go, man, explain the shadow. And I said, and I even break it down. I go, if there, here's an experiment you could do, and I don't know if it would work or what. Prove to me that, because they say the sun goes like this, right? I say, prove to me that if the sun going like this stretches a shadow that way or something, or if it's a curve, you know, I mean, do some, the experiments I've seen, they failed. It, I, I have nothing wrong with someone trying to figure it out, but like, this whole, like, I'm right, and that's it. I don't like that attitude. And that's not what I uh, – that's not what we're about over here. We're about learning and trying to figure out and having conversations with people because I don't know what – I don't know anything, really. I know what I know from my experience, but I don't know anything about anybody else's experience. I think it's about that. And then, like I said, breaking down this propaganda that has been coming heavy down. And people say it's Fox, and then people say it's CNN, and I'm like, it's all of them. <laughs> Which leads to my next question. Would you like to, to discuss Operation Mockingbird? I would love to. And that's like, that's, thank you. Because some people were like, at first, they were like, oh, so you're like, uh, did this to kill the Mockingbird, the book. And I was like, ah, nah, man, you know, uh, Operation Mockingbird. <laughs> yeah, and that's another one. Like, that's that's kind of what I base it off of because like i said you know there's everybody out there there's the people that believe in ufos i'm not i i'm not saying i do not believe in that i i i'm just open to the possibilities i just don't know same thing with religion i don't know i'll listen to you i love hearing people's stories though like talk to me about your religion talk to me about what your beliefs are that's cool that's entertaining for me and i learn more from it and it gives me more knowledge of it but as far as me nah man like i, I try to base it on as much fact as I can, because that's how, how am I going to prove to people that things are going on saying, Hey man, there's lizard people. You, come on, man. Hear yourself talk. If you say that, you know, you're going to turn people off right away. And I'm like, look, man, my basis is operation mockingbird. You have literally CIA agents, not only well, at first, just implanting stories, you know, shifting the way that's how we got. And they not only just, Operation Mockingbird is a lot talked about, like, the journalist-wise, but it also leaned a lot into the movie industry. That's why you've seen Disney at the time with a lot of Nazi propaganda trying to push people into World War II. And that's actually what pushed us into this taxation theft policy that I disagree with because I think that we're I, – I don't understand. I have no problem helping each other. If, if we were actually paying taxes and it was actually helping my common man, I wouldn't mind. You know what I mean? I, I, would, I would enjoy it, but where, where's my receipt? Give me a receipt then every year. I need to see my receipt and what actually happened and what was actually paid for instead of this bureaucracy where you're making a bunch of meetings of people together and trying to and solve nothing. Then you have the, uh, this Operation Mockingbird where you can just put information into the media and to make the people think you're right or that uh, lean them to your agenda, which these people that – they believe, you know, how many people since the 50s, 60s, 70s, they find their anchor, like, you know, uh, Walter Cronkite is the most notorious, that, like, people just, uh, that's America's anchor, right? When he spoke, they believed him, and they, they felt he was genuine. They felt, so, it's just so, like, mind-boggling and kind of disgusting to think that they use this image, and, and if you look at this replica, it's been done in all kinds of other industries, but it's... That was the blueprint. You know, you see Walter Cronkite, he's like, I'm here for you, man. Look, I was here when JFK got killed. I was here when the Vietnam War. But he's also feeding you this other propaganda story of where, why did we go to Vietnam? Vietnam was something we should never have been in. And it was actually the secret war at first. It was very hush-hush. But then, I forgot what exactly happened, but there was some kind of, like, uh, big conflict. The that, Gulf of Tonkin? Yeah, 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 there you go, there you go. 
So, so the Gulf of Tonkin, this is where, uh, where it gets really interesting. Do you know whose dad was in charge of the Gulf of Tonkin? Come on. That Bush? No, no. Or, or no, no, or no, Jim no. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison's dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I Admiral knew there was one Morrison. of them. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, okay, okay. So you, you see people, and you start seeing, um, and, and you can get all into the, to the books, um, it's called Weird, Weird World of the Canyon, uh, uh, Weird Tales of, of the Canyon. It's about Laurel Canyon in California and all the crazy shit. Now, uh, all the people, uh, people whose kids are associated with three-letter agencies, artists themselves who are attached to three-letter agencies, and the influence that they had uh, on, on the arts and music scene and, and everything that was going on, how it was all wrapped up in, in all of whatever you consider the dark stuff, it's the dark stuff. Um, Anyway, I dabbled so you, a little bit in that. I, I dabbled a little bit into that too, like where like uh, that's how I remember that. I knew it was one of them because there was a couple other big artists that like their family members were either involved in the MK Ultra or involved in high military ranking secret operatives. It's it's very telling and that they were very prominent in the music industry and very influential. And I tell people all the time, like, don't you think that, like, people go, oh, yeah, well, like in 92, Bush uh, Sr., uh, supposedly, he exp because it was already went, and this is the crazy thing. People don't believe Operation Mockingbird and they think it's conspiracy. I'm like, dude, it was talked about in Congress, man. This was debated on. They had to, CIA was, it was getting grilled. This is on the CIA website. You know what I mean? You, this is no knowledge, but they say in 92, supposedly Bush Sr. says, we're not going to do it anymore. So because they say they're not going to do it, we're like, oh, all right, guys. Like, come on, man. They're just going to. And we fell asleep again, and people aren't watching the government. They're letting them get away with it because you're going to – it's this whole utopia idea that people have, like a lot of – especially along the left, they have this, like, utopian idea. And I go, you do know – and even a lot of libertarians, they were like, okay, we'll beat the tyrant, and it's over. I'm like, it's never over, man. Liberty and freedom will always be challenged by tyrants. Always. Always. It's not going to – it's not going to change, but – you can keep an awareness and keep those tyrants very down so it's very easy to defeat them. It doesn't even take violence. You know what I mean? It takes just education and speaking to people and building bridges. But we're too much at each other's throats for some reason. <laughs> uh, agreed. I agree. And I think a lot of it is manufactured by people who want us fighting, against, uh, fighting amongst ourselves. If you, can, uh, if you can get people to see that – the people that are, you know, the, the, the water walkers, the people that are uh, telling us how we should be living and, and how these other folks are scumbags are really doing some scumbag shit themselves on an individual level should maybe reconsider how they receive their information and, and how they, they trust people. Um, the, the, the two most recent examples being, you know, like T.I. and Marilyn Manson. Like, come on. Like, we... We knew what we knew what Ti and Tiny were about a, a long time ago. It's not like when they were popped in L.A. with like ecstasy and guns, like you know, uh, they they. I don't know. I, I think that after a while, Tiny gets boring by herself. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they do do this and they shake up this uh, because it's very interesting that the people that come out with. Uh, some of the things they have to say, like I thought it was very interesting during the Trump era because it's really funny to me because 
I always hated Trump, man. I just don't like him. Like, like, not like how these liberals, like, just on a different level. So I always tell people, like, when they argue with me because I'm against masks and stuff, like, I have my own debates on that. They go, oh, yeah, you and your fucking leader, Trump. And I'm like, man, fuck Trump. I always say Because I go, I don't give a fuck about that motherfucker. First of all, that motherfucker doesn't know who I am. So I don't give a fuck about him. Second, I've been talking shit about him since 1997. You just started talking shit about him because you thought it was trendy. So get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Like, they always try to come at me like that shit. That shit pisses me off. And some, and it's funny because me telling that to a Trump supporter, I actually get, they don't even get mad at me for that. Because I tell them, look, man, I get it. I don't bash him all the time because I see what's the point when everybody's already doing it. Why well, am I going to lay on something? Especially when there's stuff that you can see is obvious lies and obvious way to stir the pot and put us into this direction. And put everybody into this, oh, he's a Trump guy. Dude, man, fuck Trump. I tell him all the time, like, I, I hate all of them equally. <laughs> so I live in a state that went 65% Trump. Like, overwhelming uh, red state. So, so like, while um, to hear someone say, like, oh, fuck Trump, it's just... It's like it's funny to me. Like it makes it, it makes <laughs> like I voted for Joe Jorgensen. My team always loses. Oh, me too. Yeah, me yeah. Too. <laughs> like, like I, I've gotten used to it. Like I voted yeah, for yeah. Gary Johnson. Um, I voted for Gary Johnson because he faked a heart attack on stage. <laughs> um, and for those, who don't, so uh, we, we we've talked about it previously on the podcast. Gary Johnson was on stage with a woman who said that your chance of a heart attack goes up some ridiculous number within 30 minutes of smoking cannabis and on stage in front of an audience, <laughs> a man running for president grabbed his chest and fell out of a chair, which means there's a really good chance that in the last 30 minutes, he smoked pot. However, it was that pre-2015 super duper doja, like whatever... Whatever cultivators learned in mass since 2015, 2016 um, can can can't be uh, quantified. Oh, you're saying like the the weed sucks now? No, no, I'm saying that like if you look at, I'm not saying the weed sucks at all. I'm saying he was before before we got supersized weed. Like when you could go to retail and like the top shit was like eight percent. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. This tested at eighteen percent, and now you got shit that's like testing out at like thirty-one percent with like I don't know two percent terpenes or whatever, right? But it's like, oh shit, they've got like super wheat. So he didn't he didn't have like GMO'd GMO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got yeah, but, he got. Well, like, it's interesting because I thought you were saying that it was whack because me and my buddy were kind of talking about that. We're like, man, it just does seem like that. Now that it's kind of been more mainstream ties, it's just been like. Like, I go to a guy still, you know, but, like, when you go into the shops, like, first of all, they destroy, out here, they fucking destroy you, man. Like, literally, like, there's, like, one shop, like, because this opened, uh, like, right before the, the whole virus thing, <clears throat> and they only let, like, one shop get a license, and, like, five more were supposed to get it, but I don't know if they ever got it, where you could go without having a, a prescription, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I went into the one. And I was like, I, first of all, literally, I waited like an hour and a half to get in this bitch, and it was cold outside, because like they only they allow the medical people to get priority, so you can just go in for the part. So I was like, whatever. Like I already knew kind of that was gonna happen. I waited. I uh, I went. I got in. 
Dude, I got two eights, one purple, some purple shit, and some fucking one other kind of some like cushion shit. You know what I mean? Like not even that great. I'm a little bit uh, uh of a spoiled spoiled motherfucker because I'm I'm from Southern California, and like we have I I was just everybody that was around me had a lot of good stuff. But anyways, it was good, decent. But so for that and two cartridges, I spent like a hundred and ninety dollars, man. And of course, I had to spend it because I was like, I'm already in line. Like, when are we gonna be like, oh what? I got, I got to the front. I just waited two hours. <laughs> I waited two hours to get into the restaurant, and by the time I got there, all I wanted was a salad. My hunger had departed. Why? Yeah. Like, um, I couldn't believe it, though. I was like, and and when you looked at the receipt, it was all like tax. Like, you're talking about like a fucking 40% tax or 30%. Like, it was huge. It was a that, and then like they just had over, and they had overinflated prices. And I was not impressed. Like, it was cool, but it was not nothing that I was like, oh, yeah. I'd rather go to the guy that I go to that sometimes he doesn't have fire. But, like, you know, at least he gets me through the time because – and it's a, it's it's affordable for me, like, where I could get some fire sometimes. And then sometimes you, you got some all right fire. But, like, it gets you through nothing like, you know, where you're like – sometimes, like, where you're like, hey, man, I'm going to have to turn this back. <laughs> but he has options. He always has, like, flavors and shit. But it's just – it does seem like people have been getting a little bit lazier on the game, or maybe they've uh, been, or maybe they've been being broken up. Because I do know a lot of places have been broken up. I've had a lot of friends that have been uh, affected by that, where there's, you know, maybe they have like a certain operation that's not compliant to the city or whatever, and they they break that shit up. Yeah, so we haven't really, ha- uh, that I'm aware, had much of that problem in Alaska. We've had folks that have used like really fucked up pesticides, uh, like Eagle Twenty. Um, you've had uh, major retail operations um, selling moldy weed labeled as something else. You've had you've had little shit here and there, um, but the market here, which is has been uh, like retail existence since I believe 2017. Um, yeah, you guys were were up there. Yeah, we. I mean, there was there was Oregon, or there was like Washington, Oregon, and Colorado, and around. Denver. Yeah, Colorado, and then yeah. you guys, right? Um, yeah, and then we were, yeah, and then, then we went legal in, in 20, uh, 2017 was like when it, it became legal, legal, but, um, you know, so retail has been around for a minute and we've been able to get to a point where you can, you can get fire, like, and, and the, the numbers are just numbers, right? Like anything else, they're inflated. I know that the bud that I'm getting that says it tested at 20%, I know that was a top cola. I'm informed enough as a consumer to know that yeah, what yeah, got yeah. tested was the very best of the best. And, I, and I've and i heard rumor in the past that folks have dusted a little bit of keef on top of their uh, top cola so that it tests a little bit higher so there's more THC. I've heard rumors of such a thing. Um, but generally speaking, you can get something that when it did test, tested out at 20-something percent. Now, uh, especially if it's a virtu- uh, vertically integrated place, a place that it grows and sells their own weed, um, you can get that easily for like 40 bucks. Um, and you can get, you know, if you're looking for just like blunt, like blunt <laughs> weed, um, you know, uh, you know, you can, you can find a good eighth for like 30 bucks. And it's, I mean, it's, and it could have been possible too, that I could have maybe got like a better deal if I knew that place, but like, I felt kind of rushed. And then I was just like, fuck man, this is okay. 
Like, <laughs> like the first one discouraged me, and I was just like, and then plus me too. Like, I've never really been like one of these dispo guys because like I've always been like, man. I always say like I was, it was always my joke. Like, I mean, I'm supporting the small business man, you know, the yeah. the local pharmacist, you know. And I've always had guys, and I just find people, man. It just usually works out better, even if they go to the dispo. I just, I just don't see the like. I know it's a lot of people that love being in there, and like I just go, eh, I don't know, man. Like I just want my shit, chill. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's even better when someone like my new guy's perfect. Like literally, like most of the time, you just go, I call him, and I just he's like, it's in the garage, it's in a fucking paper bag. I just walk to the garage, turn my shit, get that shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, and I love it because I'm just like, yeah, man, like, not no, nothing against no one, but you know, like, sometimes when you're getting off work, you're like, man, I'm just trying to pick up road, like, handle my shit, you know, yeah. and then sometimes, like, people want to be talking. I'm not trying to make a whole day out of it, I'm trying to go in and out, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, the cool thing about the, the, the dispensaries up here and where I live. I live in rural Alaska, right? So, like, the, okay. weed, the, the weed that you're getting in stores, like, I, I know the growers, right? So um, so that's who I'm like, I, I, I know who I'm buying from, uh, they've been on the podcast, um, you know, and the other cool thing about being up here is you have so many dudes who've just been, you know, like growing in their, you know, their garage for like 30 years. Right. And it's like, uh, it's like Bruce Lee with kicks, you know, like I don't fear the man that's practiced, you know, 10,000 kicks once, you know, I fear the man that's practiced one kick, 10,000, whatever it was, whatever it was that he said about kicks, imagine that to weed, uh, equate yeah. that. And this dude has been growing his weed for 30 years and it makes him happy. It's like, it's like getting steak from a butcher. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. That's, that's kind of like, I think what kind of, uh, uh, hurts my image of out here because I'm so like um, that's why I say I'm spoiled like I knew like tons of growers tons of people like where you're getting like you like you said you know what you're getting you know what like exactly like how it was grown like the, and then now like I'm just like kind of going off of random people so like obviously there's probably a good market out here that I don't know of you know what I mean I, I always saw that that also is too just what I see it sucks like it's a, uh, I, I got a guy that's pretty good, but other than that, but also, I was um, not going out all the time anymore either, trying to meet people. So yeah. I'm not extending that network. And I have a couple times ran into a couple people out here though that have had some fire though too. But usually I will say that they do say it's from Cali. So.
Kill the Mockingbirds podcast is available anywhere podcasts are streaming. All right, folks, moving on to my supporters, because let's be honest, this show would be nothing without supporters. Or would it be? I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to find out. Anyway, Iron Asylum located at 35165 KB Drive behind Save You More. I like to go in the early afternoon with young Hickson. We take a long walk to nowhere and I try and navigate the machines that I can use with him strapped to my chest. Now, sometimes that is the assisted pull-up machine. Sometimes that's the flying machine. We're going to see what we can do and where we can go with young Hickson strapped to our chest because where else, what else would you want to do if you got a child strapped to your chest other than go to the gym and find out what you can do? I mean, I guess there's all kinds of things that you would want to do if you had an infant strapped to your chest, but the things that I like to do include going to the gym. Uh, so why wouldn't I want to do that with my kid so that we can, you know, maybe do it together as he gets older and we can go to Iron Asylum together. Alright, they are open 24 hours a day, so if you have like a strange burst of energy at 1.30 in the morning, that is a place you can go to work out that burst of energy. Located at 35165 KB Drive behind Save You More, give Brandon a call at 907-953-4720 for more information, yay! Get your sweet ass into sweeter shape. All right, next up, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis and the brewmeisters of three different types of hashade. They also make can of caps, honey sticks, and peanut butter. They carry flour from your favorite cultivators and extracts from your favorite extractors. It's a little bit of Mac and it was some crumble. Total THC is 83.6. Total cannabinoids popping in at 95.5%. Now, it's Mac, so it's a cookies hybrid, which means that it is both indica and both sativa. And there you go. So if you are interested in getting something over a red run, primarily because you're 21 years old and you enjoy participating and partaking in the legal recreational cannabis market, go in and talk to one of their bud tenders. I talk to Miguel. Sometimes I talk to Hunter. Sometimes I talk to Cheyenne. Sometimes I talk to some of the other ones that work there. But those are the three that I go to because they know me the best and they know what I like. That being said, this is what I like. I like Mac. I like cookie strains. I like things that are offshoots of the cookie strains. So there you go. To answer what my good friend Sean just said, some of the best stuff just happens to come from California. All right. Thing that you're going to want to do is go to their retail store, which is located on the Kenai Spur Highway. But if you do not live on the Kenai Peninsula, then you can go to your dispensary and let your bud tender know that you're trying to get your hands on some hashade or some peanut butter or some honey sticks or some can of caps. Whatever it is, the Red Run product that you are looking to get your hands on, let your retailer know that that is the product that you are looking for. And if you've got a good bud tender, if you've got a good retail spot, they will do their best to get their hands on what it is that you are looking for. That being said, if they don't try, they don't love you. And if they love you, they'll try. And they will get their hands on it and they will make it successful. Because Red Run has delivered products all over the state. Whether it's Sitka, whether it's, I don't know, maybe they've been to Bethel. I, I don't know. But maybe they've been to Bethel. 
But I know that they've been to Sitka. I know they've been to Ketchikan. They've been all over the great state of Alaska delivering some of their fine, fine products. So again, if you're trying to get your hands on some of those products and you live in the great state of Alaska, go see them, talk to your dispensary, and get your hands on that good shit. Now, speaking of getting your hands on the good shit, on the good stuff, on the goodness, 10th Planet Soldata, located at the All-American Training Center. Classes kick off 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday. They also have 12 o'clock classes. I believe those are also Monday through Thursday. But don't take my word for it because I could be 100% wrong. I would recommend going to 10P Soldatna and looking for yourself, seeing what is available. Uh, then, and there, from that website. And they'll tell you everything that's going on. Now, I do like going to the Monday through Thursday courses at 7 p.m. I take my daughter, uh, I invite my friends to come, and that way you can pretend murder people that you care about. Because if you can't pretend people that you care, if you can't pretend murder, you know, people that you care about, then who can you pretend murder? All right, classes are taught by 10th Planet Black Belt Curtis Hembroff. Curtis Hembroff has become a regular uh, guest on the podcast, and we're lucky to have him on the podcast. That being said, he will be back on the podcast soon, or even coming sooner with his own podcast. That's right, Curtis Hembroff has his own podcast coming, and you'll be able to tune into that one right her, but not necessarily on this feed, but we will definitely, definitely be letting you know when that podcast is a happen. All right, folks, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for checking out today's podcast. Ladies, gents, others, it's your cannabis warning. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.